0: Welcome to Naham Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts.
1: Hello, and welcome to Episode 4 of the Naham Connections Podcast. My name is Kelly Rehan, Managing Editor of Naham's Access Management Journal and Naham Connections. Today, I'm interviewing Michael Sharaba, Director of Patient Access Services at UChicago Medicine. We're continuing the conversation from Michael's recently published Naham Journal article about denial prevention, which you can read on Naham Connections. This has been an extraordinary year. With high unemployment, And patient access professionals being forced to work differently and adjust processes on the fly, managing denials has become more challenging. But this is a crucial aspect to the patient access professional's role, and Michael is here to share his expertise on how to work with patients, providers, and your patient access teams to prevent denials. Welcome Michael.
2: Happy to be here.
1: So Michael, in your own words, will you please share why denial prevention is so important?
2: Dial prevention is critical to an organization because it has a direct outcome on the revenue that's coming into the organization and also the patient financial experience. It's a very complex process to manage, and it directly is linked to quality assurance and everything you do on the front end to make sure that your coverage is accurate. And then all the way down the line, in making sure that you get paid for the service that you provide. If you don't do it well, there is a direct impact, a negative impact to the patient experience, obviously, and also revenue leakage for the organization.
1: Thanks, Michael. And you recently authored an article about denial prevention in the Q3 2020 issue of Access Management Journal. Now, you stated that quote, Managing denials is a key component to the job of a patient access services professional in the 21st century. Now more than ever, patient access leaders must prioritize performance improvement in this area as the coverage landscape for patients and providers changes from day to day, end quote. Can you elaborate on this new landscape?
2: Sure, I can. Right now, we're seeing unprecedented times with the downturn in the economy, the unemployment at a record level and really the civil unrest as well. And really, anytime we see an economy turned down in the wrong direction, we see a higher number of coverage changes for our patients. Whether it's family member who's unemployed and now the coverage for the family changes to another individual, or there is no coverage due to unemployment, and then there needs to be Medicaid and or COBRA coverage. All of these things rapidly change patients' eligibility for their insurance coverage, and we have to be really vigilant about catching those changes proactively and quickly because they can change from day to day based on the employment status and the coverage that someone had through an employer that they're not employed with anymore. In addition, We see that a lot of our networks, insurance networks, in times where unemployment is high and the economy isn't doing so well, the insurance companies usually narrow the networks, uh, more narrow networks so that patients have less choice, and they're going to providers that are more cost-effective for the insurance company to pay. So. There's this narrowing of networks that happens um, as well because, you know, an insurance company is a business, right? So they're, they're also trying to control their cost, trying to recover from the, the cost of a, an economy that's on a downturn. Thirdly, we see more benefit limitations. So when patients lose their coverage and they have to either opt into another plan, whether they're paying out of their pocket for that plan Usually those plans have a lot of limitations around benefits and uh, they have patients have higher out-of-pocket costs. So patients have to be really careful about what plans they sign up for and what benefits are included versus excluded, or they can be surprised down the road after, after going in for a procedure that they need, that's not really covered.
1: I see. So you've mentioned that reviewing denial reports And looking at data to inform future approaches those are good starts to managing denials but what are some long-term strategies that can proactively solve the denial dilemma while strengthening service levels and the overall output of the patient access
2: operation I would say the primary primary approach is to provide a proactive patient financial service to patients so your financial counselors or your financial advocates, whatever you call them, should be um, available to patients. There should be a marketing campaign to ensure that patients know where to find your financial counselors, whether, you know, and it, it needs to be, they need to be able to find them easily. So they should be able to find them online. They should be able to call them. They should be able to email them there should be a a good line of support there for patients in a very proactive way so that a patient can reach out and get a response from a financial counselor if they have any questions about their insurance, their coverage, their out-of-pocket costs, and any um, authorizations for procedures that they could be planning in the future. So setting up structures that allow good patient financial communication and support is absolutely critical, and I think that's financial counseling. I think that's proactively reaching out to patients and giving them estimates and information on their benefits pre-service for procedures that cost a lot. There's a number of ways to do it, and then um, I would also say that's what you need to do on the front end, but I think in the middle you need to really monitor your risk so knowing where your denials are coming from is critical Um, every organization has denials so you just have to find where they're coming from and usually when you can identify those high risk areas you can manage them differently and let me let me give you an example if so we know that our managed Medicaid payers require sometimes up to 7 to 14 days uh, before we can get an auth. When we submit an initial authorization, it could take 7 to 14 days to get that authorization secured for that service. So knowing that, we work with areas like radiology and surgery and cardiology and share that information with them so they know those are high-risk payers so that when those patients are calling into schedule, they know that they need to give us more time unless it's obviously a stat or an urgent procedure. So you know, knowing where your risk is is, is critical in the middle. Also working with managed care, understanding what contracts that you already have that might be more sensitive to denials. So contracts that have more benefit limitations for patients, Um, managed care may know that, and they may have some intel there. So getting to that information and sharing it with your team is also good. And then I think on the back end, going back and reviewing data and analyzing data reports to validate that you are focusing on the right things. So you wanna validate your denial reports to make sure that on the front end, you're either proactively contacting those high-risk patients You're also monitoring those contacts. You want to see those contacts go up. Uh, The more patients you talk to, the better. And then you also want to make sure that, um, again, through those reports, that the risk that you decided to manage is truly, truly hasn't changed. And it's kind of a moving target, so you've got to manage that through your reports review on the back end.
0: Like what you hear on Naham Connections podcast, visit nahamorg slash Naham Connections to catch up with the latest patient access content and insights from patient access professionals and industry experts.
1: You had noted, I mean, this is a lot of stuff here. And in your article, you explained that everyone has a role in preventing denials. And you called out three groups in particular, patients, providers, and of course, patient access professionals. Can you share some more about the role each of these groups play to the process of managing
2: denials? Yeah, I think um you know, I think that using that three-tiered approach is the most successful because managing denials is a process that goes across the continuum of the revenue cycle. so it it starts at scheduling, it's part of insurance verification. like I said, financial counseling has a role, and then the authorization team and billing, but more than even in the revenue cycle, it spans the continuum through what our patients and our providers can do to help us manage denial. So I would say that when we look at those three groups, what I think about is how do each of those components become more actively engaged in managing the denials process to prevent denials typically you know organizations are reactive to denials um, you know you you get reports and you see where your financial risk is and then you you try to manage it after the fact but in these in this three-tiered approach it's really about uh, making sure everyone knows their role but more importantly what I stated was an active role for instance patients. When we talk to patients and have a financial conversation, we talk about their coverage, their benefits, their out-of-pocket costs, and then also benefit exclusions and limitations. And we always tell our patients that they should take an active role in this process as well, because a denial not only affects the organization, but it affects the patient. Because they can potentially have higher out-of-pocket costs that could be catastrophic so one of our in our standard of work we make sure we talk to patients about benefits and exclusions and we always tell them the best role is an active role to always um to know does your insurance plan have any exclusions you know you should call your insurance company you should ask that question most insurance companies have a list of exclusions if you're coming in for a procedure it's always safe to call and, and ask yourself, you know're we're gonna, we're gonna as the, as, the, as your health organization, try to try to protect you and, our, and the, the organization's revenue. And we're gonna make sure we get an authorization for the service provided. But we always recommend that you as a patient, you contact your insurance and make sure that you have no benefit limitations or exclusions and make sure that this procedure is covered at the facility, you're going to, by the doctor, you're going to. So it's, it's moving patients to action, right? And we try to do that with providers as well. Really just, and moving providers to action is really just educating them on the denial process, the risks we face. We um, actively involve our providers, whether it's departments or physicians, by explaining to them our service level, so what our goals are around authorizations prior to the day of service for their service line, you know, how many days out we are working on their cases for. So, you know, in radiology or surgery, if we can get seven days out, that means anyone with a procedure, seven days in the future, we're working on those cases today. So just getting them activated around the initiative is really important, In addition, providers can be critical in adjusting patient appointments because um, a lot of times providers are trying to fill their open slots um, and they're not paying attention to coverage or authorization needs. So the more they know about the things that we need to do in the revenue cycle, they can adapt to that. They, They don't always adapt to that, but they can somewhat adapt to that need. Um, and make sure that only patients that are STAT patients or urgent patients are being seen next day, same day, next day, or even within 72 hours, as opposed to a patient that we should schedule farther in the future. And then I talked a little bit about patient access. Again, an active role for patient access is finding ways to be more available to your patients so they can contact you, proactively reaching out to those patients who are at more risk. One area we recently found is that our patients who get implants, so any device implant, whether it be a pacemaker, um, a cochlear implant, or what else did we find? Oh, a capsule endoscopy. Any implanted device into the body, we found that we were getting denials on those and those are high cost procedures. So in patient access, we took a proactive approach to managing those implant procedures and we are building really a team of folks that are gonna be able to call patients on those high risk procedures, pre procedure, and talk to them about their benefits, any potential limitations or exclusions, and out of pocket costs because we know that we could be more at risk in those areas.
1: Thank you for that, Michael. Can you share a personal experience of working with a patient to help avoid a potential denial? What made your interaction successful?
2: Sure. You know, we do a lot of -of state-of-the-art, forward-thinking medical care at UChicago. Um, We're an academic medical center, so we have to be really cautious about being at the forefront, but understanding that even though we may be at the forefront, that some of the things we do could be considered experimental or um, investigational or research-related as it applies to benefits and coverage for a patient. Um, So I have, you know, in, in my time here, I've been here less than a year, but I've had a lot of personal interactions with patients on this issue. And um, I think a lot of the patients I talk to are just really grateful that someone is trying to improve their, their literacy around their insurance and what they understand about their insurance and their coverage and their out-of-pocket expense. So I think that goes, that goes a long way, you know, especially if, if something down the road does happen from a denial perspective, usually the first thing you hear from a patient is, well, no one told me or no one contacted me, no one's discussed any of this with me. i scheduled a procedure, I came in for it, and I was expecting your organization to get all of this covered, and now you're telling me that it was denied and I have out-of-pocket costs. Well, that doesn't happen if you've created um, a relationship with patients and have talked to them prior to the procedure and helping them understand So again, we get calls on uh, some of these experimental procedures, but we've also taken a more proactive approach to reach out to patients as well because we don't want them to get hit off guard. And like I said, some of these expenses could be catastrophic to a patient. So, you know, we try to put ourselves in the patient's shoes. And when you look at some of these denials that would break anyone's bank, So we really try to do that. Um, You know, I've personally, you know, over the years, family and friends have asked me a lot about insurance issues and coverage issues. And it's amazing, absolutely amazing how much people don't know, you know, what to expect. So having a conversation is usually a win-win because it's not a standard really that is followed and really should be.
1: I love that. And Michael, in full transparency, I I used to work in health insurance and I still struggle with understanding coverage and understanding my benefits. And having someone in healthcare, someone who works with my provider, be an advocate for me and to help me understand, hey, this is what this procedure is going to cost. This is what you need to know. That's fantastic.
2: That's that's a great example. Yep. That's one Yeah,
1: so uh,
2: are advocating. A, a little secret is one of the things the insurance companies see you have to speak their language and it is like Yeah, you do. <laughs> a different language. So uh, for instance, you could you could call your insurance company and ask them I'm going to be having procedure X. Is a pre-authorization required? And they could say there's no pre-authorization required. But that doesn't mean that it's a covered benefit. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you have to speak, you know, in that language. Do I need a pre-authorization? Is it a benefit that's covered? Is it excluded? You know, using those keywords and key phrases and then teaching uh, others to use those keywords and phrases and even our staff. I mean, there's a learning curve there as well it's just it's it's so complicated so that's it's helpful to speak the same language absolutely
0: looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession consider naham's certified healthcare access associate or certified healthcare access manager the only patient access certifications that meet ncca standards showcase your knowledge problem solving abilities and dedication to your career by becoming NAHAM certified. Visit certification.naham.org to learn more.
1: You know, kind of along the same lines of that last question, you know, earlier you used a phrase I really liked moving providers to action. I thought that was really cool. Can you share an example of collaboration you've had with a provider? or another department that led to a stronger alliance against
2: denials? Anytime that you're rushing to get an authorization for a patient, you open yourself up for error because you're not taking the time to do the work and follow the standard processes that can protect you from, from denials. And one of the things we found with surgery is that the surgery department to get any authorization on a surgery, you need a, a CPT code. But we don't always get CPT codes for patients proactively. So what happens is the patients are scheduled if they don't have CPT code, then we go back and forth with the, the surgery department to try to get that CPT code. And that could take, depending on the complexity of the case and what's going on, that could take a couple days. Now, if you only have let's say five to seven days, you're disqualifying two or three days just by trying to get the required information. So that is, is a barrier. So our surgical department, though, wants us to, they've asked us to, to initiate those authorizations closer to when patients are scheduled so that they can plan effectively so that they don't have last-minute cancellations and so that they can utilize their schedule in a cost-effective way. So we told, we're working with them and basically saying to them, we will do the initial off as close as we can to the schedule date if you provide the CPT code. So we're moving the providers to acting differently than they normally would so that we can get what we need to strengthen the organization and prevent denials.
1: Awesome. So Michael, to conclude, for all the patient access professionals listening today, what's your biggest piece of advice that they can implement right now to help prevent denials?
2: I would say to not think of a denial as a one-time event that's happening in a silo. um, That you can really impact denials just by looking at your operation. And you can prevent denials by building in better processes that meet the overall needs of the department and also prevent denials from happening. So really a more integrated approach. And my other piece of advice would be if you don't know where you're getting them, then there's something wrong because really, you know, the hard part is finding it, but we all have them. So accept that you have them and find where they are and then build your operation in a way that has a positive impact in preventing denials so that you could always show what you're doing as a leader to prevent them by creating more, patient-friendly experience on the front end and by analyzing where your risk is, by working with providers and departments and engaging them in the process and kind of putting it all together instead of an event or a meeting on your calendar or something you have to do, really look for a more integrated operational approach to preventing denials because that's what's going to help you in the long term prevent other denials from occurring. And if they do occur, when you've created a more operational approach to prevention, you're gonna find them quicker and in the long run prevent prevent them.
1: Well, thank you so much for this conversation today. You know, I come to these conversations from a patient perspective and hearing you today really made me realize that patient access can impact patients, not just personally, but really financially. It, it makes an enormous difference in people's lives. And this was a great conversation. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: If you want to continue exploring this topic, I invite you to visit Nayham Connections to read Michael's article titled Operational Solutions to the Denial Dilemma in Patient Access. Thank you to everyone listening today. We look forward to bringing you more episodes of the Naham Connections podcast throughout the year. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to NAHAM Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest news and insights in patient access. Read more in-depth articles by visiting us at NAHAM Connections, naha slash connections. Until next time.